Hi, this is Jamie Crawford, Worldwide Evangelist with Breakthrough Ministries, pastor of Epicenter Church in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Thanks for downloading our Wow God podcast. Make sure to subscribe to get our latest podcast. We appreciate your partnership. It helps keep our ministry going. We hope you enjoy our podcast. You know, as we get ready for this word, I just, uh, I was praying, God, uh, you know, I've been in a series entitled Under Pressure. Under Pressure. And, and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, do you, do, you have another, do you have another word for under pressure? And I'm like, please don't. <laughs> but he did. Because the moment I said, Lord, do you have another word for, the, for, for this series? Holy Spirit came all over me and just began to, I mean, immediately began to download the word that I have for today. I mean, I, I could not type quite quick enough, I, I, hunting and pecking whenever I'm typing, but whenever I was typing, I was trying to type as quick, I and mean, that's how quick the Holy Spirit downloaded this message for us today. And, and as he began to do that, he just took me back to the, the two other messages that went right along with this message right here. Under pressure, part one was about turning pressure into praise. How many have had to do that lately? Turning your pressure into praise. And if you, don't, if you didn't hear that message, you can go on our YouTube and, and watch that on our YouTube because uh, it was a powerful message for our church. And, and then last week, the Lord gave me a message, faith over fear. Faith over fear when you're under pressure. You just have to have a little bit of faith. You have to let your faith be bigger than your fear. Amen. And so as I was praying, I said, Holy Spirit, what if you want me to do another part on under pressure? What is it? And immediately, this is what he said. He said, when you're under pressure, it means you're in the middle of it. Come on. Are you with me today? You're in the middle of it. Somebody today, you're in the middle of a situation that God is about to turn around. Uh, somebody, I just come to prophesy this to somebody. I'm not just going to preach this message. I'm going to prophesy this message. Somebody today, you're in the middle of it right now. You're in the middle of it right now. And it just seems like everything's caving in. And the scripture, the text that I have today is the same text that I've used the last two services. I feel it just as that, that, that anthem scripture that we need to get us to the next level. And to let us know that if it happened to Paul and Paul made it through it, it's going to, we can make it through it too. Amen. So let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 and verse number 7 today. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 and verse number 7. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're in the middle of it. You know, when you look at we're in the middle of it, we always look at it as a bad thing. 
but it really isn't a bad thing. And, and I think you're going to be able to see some light at the end of your tunnel. Uh, even if you're in the middle of it right now, you're going to be able to see that, hey, that's where you need to be, is right in the middle of it. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 and verse number 7, it says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that all surpassing power is from God and not from us. Verse number 8, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. How many feel like you're in the middle of it right now? You're in the middle of it. When you find yourself under pressure, you find yourself right in the middle of the situation. See, many Christians quit when they face adversity. The moment adversity hits, we, we want to throw in the towel. We want to give up. Jesus promised that he will be in the midst of your situation. Jesus is in the middle of it. Come on, Jesus is in the middle of it today. He is in the middle of the fiery furnace. He's in the middle of it. Come on, I want you to get a hold of this today because God wants you to know he is in the middle of it. He's in the middle of it. How many times have you found yourself in the middle of something? Maybe this week you found yourself in the middle of something. And it's been a struggle. The Lord wants you to know Jesus is in the middle of your situation with you right now. I would love to do that. But I'm in the middle of something right now. I, I, I would love to pay my tithes, but I'm in the middle of a financial crisis. Come on, am I speaking to somebody today? I, I, I would love to pay my tithe, but I, I, I'm in the middle of a... You know, that's the best time to give. That's the best time to give. That's the best time for God to show up and show off in your life. The moment you're in the middle of a financial crisis is the moment you need to say, hey, am I tithing? Man, he got quiet right there. Am I tithing? I would love to go and help others or serve the ministry, but I'm in the middle of a storm in my life right now. I'll never forget whenever we pastored our first church in 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 Okarchi, Oklahoma. I, I, uh, something happened the very first service that we had. It was kind of like what happened here. We had an ice storm. Remember whenever we had our first church services, Epicenter Church. Uh, we ended up having a pipe bust, and we ended up having to watch it online. We didn't have online services back then whenever we was uh, pastoring over in Bethesda in, in Okarchi. But uh, I'll never forget, we had an ice storm and it knocked out our electricity for three weeks. But they were determined to make, make it happen. And so they got a generator and we ended up going into our small little fellowship hall. 
And, and we didn't have that many people as it was. But God did some amazing things in that first service. Because in the middle of that first service, I'll never forget, uh, at the end of service, the two guys that were running the generator didn't go to church. They were neighbors. Now, one of the, one of the guys... His wife was the secretary treasurer of the church, but he didn't go to church. But he liked to help out at the church. So he was running the generator, and he brought his next-door neighbor. And as he brought his next-door neighbor, his next-door neighbor, I went up to him afterwards, and I said, Hey, do you want some coffee? Come on into the church. I'll get you some coffee. And he's like, If I go into the church, the ceiling's going to cave in. Well, I was talking to him at the back door. I went through the church and I told Iris exactly what he said. And all of a sudden he walked in the front door. And when he walked in the front door, Iris already knew the story. And so Iris looked up at the ceiling and said, Hey, the ceiling didn't cave in. I expect to see you next Sunday. She didn't miss a beat. And that guy come the next Sunday. The next Sunday, he gave his heart to Jesus Christ. Now, now I'm, I'm building that story up to let you know something. That we have so many excuses of why we don't want to serve in the church, or why we don't want to tithe, or why we don't want to do this. And I'll never forget, I, a couple months had gone, and, and we was doing Sunday school, and I needed a Sunday school superintendent. And so I went to this individual, and I said, Hey, listen, his name was Ricky, Ricky Ray. I said, Ricky Ray, I want you to be our Sunday school superintendent. And his head went down. He said, I would love to, Pastor. But I don't know if I can do it. I said, I, you've got it in you. You can do it. And he said, but, but pastor, there's one problem I have. I said, what's that? He said, I smoke. And I looked him in the eyes and I said this, Ricky. I said, smoking ain't going to send you to hell. It's just going to make you smell like you've been there. I said, I want you to take time and I want you to pray and ask God if this is the position that you need. The next Sunday, I gave the altar invitation. He comes up to the front, hands me a pack of cigarettes, said, Pastor, this is my last pack. And I just want you to know, I want to be your Sunday school superintendent. And he hadn't picked up a cigarette since. To God be the glory. In the middle of your situation. See, he was in a situation where he had to choose what he wanted to do. I didn't tell him he had to quit. Come on, I, I let Jesus do all that. Come on. I, I'm going to let Jesus do all that. I'm going to let him do the... Uh, I, I'm not the one to judge. Okay? The church, that's the problem with the church right now. Is we like to judge everybody. We all have our gavelin, and we want to judge everybody. But I let Jesus be the judge. I'm, I let Jesus be the one to chisel off all that's not supposed to be there. 
Because, I, 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 you know, smoking might be his problem, but I, I probably have problems too. I have problems too myself. And, and I got to let Jesus be the one that chisels it off. And so in the middle of your situation, in the middle of whatever you're going through, you've got to just allow God. Come on, are you with me today? You just got to allow God to do the chiseling in your life. It, I mean, I've heard ministers say, uh, I, there, there was a minister um, that Iris and I listened to one time, and I'll never forget whenever we went there, they had a ministry. The ladies had a ministry in that church that went to the strip clubs and ministered to the women at the strip clubs. And they would lead these young ladies to the Lord. And they brought them into their church. And when they brought them into their church, you know what they did? They allowed Jesus to mold them. And they allowed Jesus to shape them into the image that, they, that Jesus needed them to be. Where, we, where they didn't judge them. For their occupation. But they allowed Jesus. To invade them. Come on somebody today. You need to allow Jesus. To invade your situation. Even though you're in the middle. Of your situation. You've got to know that God's right there. Now I don't know why I told you. All of that but I needed to tell somebody. Today God is about to do. Some chiseling in your life. You know it hurts whenever we get. Chiseled on. I mean, he says, you're the, you're the clay. He's the potter. He going to mold you. He going to shape you in the image that he wants you to be. And when it doesn't work out, he's just going to add a little bit more water to it. He's going to add a little bit more water to it. Just so that he can make it a little bit softer. So he can mold you just a little bit better. When you're right in the middle of it, know that God, Jesus, is the potter. And he's molding you. He's shaping you in the image that he wants you. After th almost 34, 35 years of ministry, God's still molding me. He's still shaping me into his image. I'm still growing. That's why I can't wait for the prayer conference. I... I'm still growing. I just want to get closer and closer to Jesus. Because the more I get closer to him, the more I become more like him. I would like to, you may be asking the question, I'd like to go help others or serve the ministry, but I'm in the middle of a storm in my life. I I. I I can't encourage my sister or brother in the Lord because I'm in the middle of a desperate situation myself. We have all of these excuses. I just can't come to church today. I'm in the middle of the biggest battle I've ever faced. You know, I, I get text messages all the time right before church. People saying... I can't come because I, I, I'm in the middle of a situation. And it was just a couple of weeks ago I had, that, had somebody do that. And you know what I texted them? I texted them this. Bring your situation to church and let God sort it out. 
Bring your situation to church. Let Him sort it out because He can do a lot better than we can. Let Him take control of your situation. When you're under pressure, number one, you look like you need some points today. Number one, under pressure. Under pressure causes us to be in the middle of stressful times. In the middle of stressful times. In the middle of this. In the middle of that. In the middle of stressful times. You know, I found myself in the middle of messes before. You know what else I have found out? God is right in the middle of my mess. In the middle of my pressure. In the middle of my situation. In the middle of stressful times. God will show up. Number two. Under pressure. He is in the middle of the battle. God wants you to know. God, God's speaking this to somebody today. He wants you to know he's in the middle of your battle. He's right in the middle of your battle. I'm just supposed to speak to your battle and tell you what the Lord says about your battle. Let me fight it for you. Come on, I don't care how big you are, how strong you are. Let God fight your battle for you. And this is what else he says. This is in Exodus chapter 14, 14. If you want to uh, highlight that in your Bible. He says, let me fight your battle for you. You need only to be still. Be quiet so I can fight it. Be quiet so I can fight it. In 2 Samuel chapter number 3. Chapter number 23, verse 12. But he, Shammah, stood in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. And the Lord brought about great Victory. God wants to bring about great victory in your life today. God wants to do the, do the victory. He, he's about to bring forth a victory dance for somebody today. Somebody about to get your victory dance. In the middle of your battle, God wants you to know He's about to bring forth a victory dance for you. Under your pressure, He wants to bring forth a victory dance. Number three, under pressure. He is in the middle of your struggle. I, I want you to see today, God is in the middle of every situation that you're going through. He's in the middle of stressful times. He's in the middle of the battle. He's in the middle of your struggle. God wants you to know He's right there. He hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. He's been walking alongside you the whole time. He's right there. In Mark chapter number 6 and verse 47 it says, When evening had come, the boat was in the middle of the lake. He saw His disciples struggling at the oars. Because of the wind was against them. He went out to them. Walk, walking on the water. To the middle of the sea. Jesus showed up in the middle of the storm. 
if you have a storm that is raging today and it's on the radar, the Lord wants you to know He's right there. He's about to walk on the waters just to prove it. He's about to walk on the waters. He's about to walk on your situation. He's about to enter into your situation right now. You need to know that He is in control. Especially when you're under pressure. How many has ever been under pressure? Maybe you're under pressure right now. Maybe you're under pressure when you came in today. Number four. He is in the middle of your burning bush. God just wants you to know he's in the middle of your burning bush. He's in the middle of your burning bush. In Exodus chapter number 3 and verse number 4, God spoke to Moses from the middle of the burning bush. <laughs> right in the middle of that burning bush, God spoke to Moses. Moses came closer and closer to the burning bush, and the closer he got, the more he felt God's presence. Uh, somebody today, you need to know, the closer and closer you get to the fire, the closer and closer you, know, you need to know, listen to God's voice in the middle of the fire. Listen to God's voice in the middle of the struggle. No matter what you're going, for, going through, listen for His voice. That's exactly what Moses did. And the closer he got there, the more he felt His presence. He tells us in Scripture that he said, Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. The Lord wants you to know if you're going through a fire right now, you need to take your sandals off because God wants you to know He's in the bush today and He's about to speak out. He's about to speak to somebody. Uh, see, when we're under pressure, we do all the talking. Because we think we know it all. Instead of just listening to God's voice. You know, Moses made excuses after excuses after excuses. I think he, I think he should have been known as the prophet of excuses. Because he made many excuses for everything. Oh, I can't, I can't speak to him, God, because I got a stuttering problem. I, I, can't, I mean, he used excuse after excuse after excuse. But you can't follow through with the excuses when you hear God in the burning bush. And when God begins to speak to you. Uh, don't wait for God to speak to you in the burning bush. Listen to Him now. And obey Him now. That's the hardest thing to do. It's easy to pray. It's easy to talk. We all like to talk. Now you're all quiet now. You ain't going to say amen. I ain't going to agree with that one. <laughs> we all like to talk. If you don't, you know somebody who does. <laughs> in the middle of pressure, he is in the middle of your burning bush. And he wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. Number five, under pressure. God just wants you to know he's in the middle of your mess. Hmm. He's in the middle of your mess. 
He's right there in the middle of your mess. Even though it don't make sense right now, he's right there in the middle of it. He's right there in the middle of your mess. Uh, in Luke chapter number 5 and verse number 19, the Bible says, But not finding anyone to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up to the roof and let him down through the tiles on a stretcher into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Now this man that was on a mat couldn't walk. But he had some friends that helped him along the way. He was in the middle of a mess. He was in the middle of a mess. That took faith. That took great faith to have his buddies lift him up on a roof and then make a hole in the roof and lower him down. That, that, took, that took more faith than his faith in his healing. For his buddies to do that. He better had strong buddies. He better had a four Kalins. <laughs> Some strong guys to pick him up and, and, and lower him down. And, and, and put, him, put him right there in the middle of Jesus' sermon. Right there in the... And, and you know what? It just went right along with what Jesus was talking about. And he looked at him and he said, he didn't look at his sickness. He didn't look at his mess. See, that's what I love about Jesus. He's not looking at your mess. He's just looking at your faith. Mm. That's exactly what he did with this man. He didn't look at his, at his sickness. He didn't look at his paralyzed legs. He looked, he looked at his faith. And he said, just because you let four Kalins drop you down, he said, your faith has made you heal. Oh, your faith has made you. And what did he do? He got up and walked. He got up and walked. Why? Because he was dropped. His, he, they dropped his mess right there in front of Jesus. In the middle of Jesus. Right there in the middle of him. You can find God right smack dab in the middle of your mess where you're in. Yet right now you may have loved ones that are that are gone astray. Get ready. They're about to find Jesus right in the middle of their mess. Somebody who am I speaking to today? Somebody needs some loved ones saved today. God's about to find them right in the middle of their mess. And they're gonna He's gonna take their mess and turn it into a message. That's exactly what happened when they lowered that man into that house. His mess turned into a message. And I'm speaking the message of it right now. It's the power of God unto salvation. God wants you to know your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Christ is in the middle of your crisis. He's right in the middle of your crisis. All you have to do is reach out and take a hold of him. Come on, grab a hold of him. Grab a hold of God. Get a hold of him. Believe that he is there and that he will help you. If you learn anything out of this sermon today, 
learn this. Write this down. Because there's one thing that you need to say when you're in the middle of a mess. And it will change everything. How many want to know what that is? How many want to know what that one word is today? That one word. When you're in the middle of a mess and you have depression, you're in the middle of depression, you're in the middle of whatever situation that you're facing, whether it might be a suicide thought, whatever it might be. It might be you might be in the middle of an accident. I don't know what it might be, but you need to have this one word that needs to come off your tongue. And that is Jesus. Because when you speak the name of Jesus, it settles everything. I'm telling you, there's power that comes when you speak His name. There's authority that comes when you speak His name. Because His name is the name above all names. Hallelujah. Why? Because He's alive. Jesus is alive. When you're in the middle of a crisis, you're not going to holler out to Buddha. He ain't going to hear you. Just going to let you know that. He ain't going to hear you. But when you cry out to the name of Jesus, there's something happens. This word comes alive. I'll never forget, we, Iris and I, when we first got uh, saved, we were, or when we first got married, we were in a church, and, and the Holy Spirit, we, we wasn't making much money at the time, but the Holy Spirit said, you need to go every month and buy a Bible and give it to somebody that I tell you to. And the and Holy Spirit said, don't, get, don't just go get you a paperback Bible, go get you a Genuine leather Bible, get their name on it and give it to them. And I'll never forget, we went and gave it to this one individual, this guy, big guy. And we gave it to him, put his name on it, handed it to him. And, and about six or seven years later, the guy carried his Bible everywhere he went. He always had it on the dash of his pickup. And, and he took it everywhere. And one of his grandkids was staying the night over at their, their house. And they told him that they didn't believe in his God. They don't believe in his God. And he said, well, and he was praying, Lord, how am I going to convince them? And Holy Spirit got on him and said, go get your Bible. So he went and got his Bible, laid it on the kitchen table and said, you say you don't believe in my God, but I want you to know the power of my God. And he said, what I want you to do is I want you to take your hand and place it on my Bible. That grandbaby put that hand on on that Bible, and then he took his great big old hand and put it on their hand. And within seconds, this grandbaby started crying. Started crying. And, and, and as, as that grandbaby started crying, the, he, he left his hand on, his, on that baby's hand 
for the longest time. And then finally, coach, he took his hand off of that grandbaby's hand. And, and they just pulled their hand back and said, I believe it now. I believe it now. Your God is bigger than any God that I can ever t imagine. Your God is a big God. I'm telling you, the name of Jesus is more powerful than any other name. And all we got to do is call upon His name in His Word. Because His promises will come alive in the middle of your mess. In the middle of your situation. All you got to do is call on His name, Jesus. 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 Number six. Under pressure. I got several of these. Then I've got your three points coming. Amen. Our church likes their points. I know, you know how I know? You're all out there with your cameras going. <laughs> I love it. Because... You need to study to show yourself approved. Amen. Number six, under pressure. He is in the middle of your fiery furnace. God is in the middle of your fiery furnace. And Daniel chapter number three, in the middle of pagan worship. God's in the middle of it. Will you bow in the middle of pagan worship? Or will you trust God? Will you trust God? In the middle of the fiery furnace. Who is there with you? Who is there with you? When the king saw the fourth man in the middle of the fire. He brought Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego out of the fiery furnace. Why? Because he wanted to know who that fourth person was. God wants you to know He is in the middle of the fiery furnace with you today. If He was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, He's right in the middle with you. Come on, He's in the middle. Tell your neighbor, He's in the middle. Now let me give you your three points. I got one more to go about the middle. Under pressure. Point number one. He will protect you. He will protect you. I, I just need to speak this over somebody today. He will protect your physical body. He will protect your mind. He will protect your will. He will protect your job. He will protect your finances. He will protect your family. He will protect you and your house. I just need to extend this to you today. God will protect you. He will protect you. That which the devil meant to harm you. Will not have any power over you. Because he'll protect you. Upon those bodies in the fire. The fire had no power on them. Why? Because Jesus was in the fire with them.
He was in the midst. Satan can't touch you when God is in the middle of it. God is in the middle of your fiery furnace too. He is in the middle of your financial failure. He is in the middle of your frustration in life. Just, just call him out. God, I need your help. Jesus, I need your help. When God is in the middle of it with you, number one, He'll protect you. He will protect. And number two, your possessions, He'll protect. Satan will not be able to touch your possessions. The Bible says the thief cometh to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus says, I come that you may have life and life to the full. You won't even smell like you've been in the fire when God's in the middle of it. When God is in the middle of it. When you're in the middle of it, when God is in the middle with you, number one, He will protect you, your possessions. And then number three, He will promote you. He will promote you. God is about to bring forth a promotion. The size of the battle that you're facing right now is the size of the promotion you're about to have. Hmm. When David went at Goliath, hallelujah, when he went at Goliath, I mean, we're talking almost 10-foot Goliath, big guy. David I learned this from my brother-in-law last week. Pastor Dan, he preached this. Preached about Goliath. He, he told me this. He said, you know, the only reason why David went out for battle is he wanted to get ahead. Hallelujah. The, the size of your giant is the size of the promotion you're about to get. See, David ended up getting ahead. He ended up getting a big promotion. He ended up getting blessed. Because he took down the biggest giant of all, which was Goliath. God wants somebody to know today that you may be facing Goliath right now, but the Lord wants you to know, just give it to me. Let me fight your battle for you. That's exactly what David did. He let God fight his battle. He says, I'm not coming to you in the name of the sword and the spirit, but I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The name that is above all names is going to defeat you. And he won. And I'm supposed to give you that today. You're about to win. You're about to win. Don't give up. You're about to win. Kalen, don't give up. You're about to win. You're about to win. You're on the winning team. You're on the winning team. Under pressure. Now let me give you two more points on under pressure. That goes along with your other six. This is number seven. Sorry, I had to give you all three of your points in the middle of this. But it kind of fits the title of this message, in the middle of it. Number seven, he's in the middle 
of your lion's den. He's in the middle of your lion's den. If the devil can shut up, shut you up, he can shut you down. But when God is in the middle of the lion's den with you, he will shut the mouth of the lion itself. And that's exactly what he did for Daniel. And that's exactly what he wants to do for you today. In 1 Peter chapter number 5 and, chapter number five and verse number 8 says, Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. He's looking to try to devour you. He's looking to try to devour everything about you. But God, come on, everybody say, but God can turn it all around. He can turn it all around. And it brings me to my eighth point under pressure. How many know that God's in the middle of everything? Jesus is in the middle of everything. And this is what else he was in the middle of. Number eight, he was in the middle of the thieves when he was on the cross. He was in the middle of it. He was in the middle of that situation. But God, even though he died on the cross, God had other plans. Take him to the tomb. Hallelujah, a borrowed tomb. Why was it borrowed? Because he wasn't going to stay. He wasn't going to stay. And then he resurrected him on the third day. Resurrected our King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He was in the middle of thieves. One thief accepted, the other one didn't. Jesus was in the middle. Jesus wants you to know he is in the middle of your situation. He's right dab in the middle. I've got news for you today. My God showed up in the middle of the fiery furnace. Then he showed up in the middle of the lion's den and shut the mouth of the lions. They were roaring and when my God shuts them up, He shuts them down. You may be in the middle of a crisis, but God is bigger. God is bigger. You may be in the middle of a fiery furnace, heated up seven times greater and hotter than ever before, but God is right there in the middle of the fire with you today. He is in the middle of your struggle. He's in the middle of your situation. He's in the middle of your storm. He's right there in the middle. You're not in it by yourself. The Lord's speaking this to somebody today. You're not in it by yourself. If you're under pressure, Know that God's got this. Come on. God's got this. And he's about to turn it all around. Today is your day for your victory. 
Today is your day for your breakthrough. When you're under pressure and you feel like you're in the middle of it, know that Jesus is in the middle with you today. Would you stand with me this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's in the middle with you today. Let the Lord begin to chisel the old off. Because as he chisels the old off, the new will begin again for you. And today I just feel like somebody's in the middle of something right now. And, and, and I just feel like right now, you just need to make it right with God today. You need to make your life right with God today. You're not here by accident, or by, but you're here by divine appointment. Maybe you're scrolling through Facebook and you come across this video or YouTube podcast, whatever it might be. It's not by accident, but by divine appointment. Today, you may be saying, I, I, I've been away from God and I, I need to serve God again. I need to give him my full. So today, I'm just going to ask this question across our congregation. If that's you, that you just need to rededicate your life back to the Lord. All I want you to do is I want you to signify that by raising your hand right now. Come on, you're, you're ready to, you're in the middle of a mess. But you need God to show up. And you're not here by accident, but by divine appointment. So if that's you today, just raise your hand today. We're going to pray today. We're going to pray today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let's just pray. I just want you to repeat this after me today. You may not have raised your hand, but you need to do that. You need to accept the Lord. Ask Him, God, forgive me. Would you just say this today? Lord Jesus... Forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, wash me with your blood. Jesus, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you will stay connected by subscribing to our podcast and becoming a partner to our ministry. Go to BreakthroughEvangelism.com for our evangelism ministries and EpicenterChurchOK.com to connect with our church. Be sure to follow us on all our social media platforms. We want you to be blessed.